Hey y'all, welcome to Adventures with Aggie brought to you by the Ryan Martin Foundation. Today, we start our series featuring Goalball UK. First, we have Mark Winder, he's CEO of Goalball UK, and he's gonna tell us about how he landed at the organization and give us a bit of background on goalball as a sport. Please welcome Mark. Mark, how are you doing today? Yeah, wonderful, thank you, Aggie. Nice to meet you, finally. Yeah, it's nice to meet you too. Thank you so much for coming on. First, can we just start with some background on who you are and what you do? Yeah, my name is Mark Winder and I'm the Chief Executive, or in some countries it's called Secretary General, of Goalball UK. So we're the governing body uh, in the UK for the sport of goalball. Awesome. I know what goalball is, but I don't think a lot of the people who listen to this show might know what goalball is. So could you explain just what is goalball? Yeah, it's one of sport's best hidden secrets, to be honest. Before I got the job, I worked in rugby, which isn't enormous in the USA, but I worked in rugby and I hadn't heard of the sport and I saw the job advertised and probably like you have, quickly went on YouTube and found out and figured out what it was and and thought, wow, this is an amazing sport. It's a Paralympic sport uh, for people who are blind or partially sighted. It's a team sport made up of six people, but three on a court at any one time from each team. And it is a sport that was invented after World War II in Austria as a rehabilitation program. Then over a period of time, it developed until until the 70s when the sports were made consistent uh, by different countries and then became a Paralympic sport. The sport is, is played over 18 metres and the goals are the full width of the court, which is nine metres. And there are three on the court at any one time. And the aim of the game is to score a goal, i.e. goal ball, past your opposition using a ball. The ball is audible uh, and the ball is about the size of a basketball, but it's 1.25 kilograms heavy. And it, it's got bells in it so that people can can hear it because they're visually impaired. Everybody wears eye shades so that everyone is, is on an equal footing. And on the court, on the floor, lines, you know, uh, raised lines with string, with tape over them, so people can orientate themselves around the court. So that that's in a, in a nutshell. It's played uh, indoors, obviously, and it, it's played in, in silence so that people can hear it's one of the most exciting sports I've ever watched. Uh, and it's also one of the toughest, exciting, exhilarating sports I've ever played. And I've played many. I play too. I, I feel like when, the second I saw the video, I was like, man, I want to try that. I don't know if I'll be any good, but I still want to try it. <laughs> yeah, the American teams are really good. Yeah, yeah. You need to awesome. get in touch with them and have a go. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, I guess kind of backtracking here. How did you, you mentioned you worked in rugby um, and then you moved over to goalball. How was the transition for you? And I know like you use YouTube to learn the sport just like I have, but I guess what attracted you to goalball UK? Yeah, my my career, uh, I started off as a teacher, uh, a PE teacher, sport teacher, and then became an advisory teacher uh, doing a program in the UK called Playing for Success which was a really cool project that put classrooms into professional sports stadiums. And there were 92 of these different centers all around of the UK. And I was in charge of, uh, in the end of that that part of my career, six of them in the city of Leeds, one linked to cricket, one linked to football, uh, two linked to rugby, three linked to rugby. And we also had one, believe it or not, linked within, within a shopping center that provided out of school hours learning using sport or 
or something else, i.e. shopping, as a motivation to help people learn and the heroes within the sport. That programme was very much linked to a quote that Nelson Mandela once said. And Nelson Mandela once said that sport has the power to change the world and influence the youth in a way that little else can. And that's very much been part of what, what my career was about in the fact that I loved sport and I loved what it had done for me. And I saw that it could really engage young people, especially young people who were disengaged from, from learning. So that, that was where my career was. And then I ended up working in professional sports clubs, helping out younger people in their education. So young professional players. And then I saw this job advertised and I thought, wow, there's a sport here that actually does it. This sport actually transforms people's lives. And there I ended up, here I am. How did I do come through the transition? Really quite easily because everyone within the sport wants to share the sport. So I made it my mission to travel the UK within the first three months or 100 days, speaking to people that were put in front of me, finding out about what, what the challenges were, finding out about what was working well. And as a result, I very quickly learned and that everyone was welcoming and everybody shared that, shared this spot with me. Definitely. I was reading the that article that they wrote on you right when you got there, or maybe a few months after you had been at Goalball. And uh, there was the video link that said Goalball transforming people's lives. And I was like, this is what I need to watch. And it's amazing to hear those stories of the people that are involved because I mean, like I said, I've never heard of this sport before diving headfirst into this series here, <laughs> but um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is transforming people's lives. And it's crazy to me that I didn't know about this before, right? And I yeah, think that's cool. and I didn't either. And it, yeah. it is amazing, the stories that, that it's got. So not just at the highest level, transforming people's yeah. lives at all levels. So very often people who are blind or partially sighted, living isolation, uh, have very little self-confidence, don't really travel very far. And goalball for them has meant it's given them a, a purpose. So one of the chaps who was within the sport, he'd become almost self-isolating within, within his, his own house, uh, almost agoraphobic. And goalball has meant that he's traveling the country now. Uh, we, we invited him to a meeting we had in, in, in London, and he had the confidence in order to support goalball to travel across, across London and represent us. And he was doing that on the tube, uh, or the subway as you would call it, uh, at rush hour as well. And he was doing that, whereas before, two years ago, before finding the sport, he, he, he wouldn't have had the confidence. Then at the end, he told us, I'm traveling to Birmingham, which is a, for us quite a way. It's a three hour train ride for him. And he was doing that the next day. And all of, all of that was because of goalball and because what he feels it's given to him, but he's given back so much to the sport as well. And the stories like that, that you, you'll hear over the next four weeks after mine uh, that I'm sure will blow your mind. Definitely. That's so cool. I love that it grows confidence in things. I think that's something that sport does, but people don't say that's what it's doing, right? It just kind of happens. You have to recognise that there isn't much available, much sport for people who are blind or partially sighted, uh, especially a team sport. So this actually gives that experience that you and I as sighted people can have. And it's a sport that, that's not a derivative or another model of another sport. It's a sport that is specifically designed for people who are blind or partially sighted. So it's it's perfect for them. All of the sounds come this way so that they can hear and they can use the tracking skills. It's it's a really well-designed sport. It's a simple sport, but it's really well-designed and really exciting, as I've already said. 
for sure. I, I have so many follow-ups for you now. I feel like I could talk about this all day, but um, I guess the first one here is how, how do people find goat ball? Like you, like you said, like some people that may be um, visually impaired or something, they don't know that they need sport or they don't know that this is what they want to do until they find it. So how do these athletes kind of come together and work with you? Within the UK, uh, we've, we've got our website and quite a strong social media presence. Uh, so we're always out there on a, a universal platform, uh, supporting and, and sharing what we're doing. We also work with local authorities or councils uh, throughout the sport. Uh, there is a, a, an umbrella organisation that sits called British Blind Sport, which is actually where we came from originally. And, and they put on what they call Have a Go Days. Them Have a Go Days gives opportunity for people to play lots of different sports. And then we, we often get referrals via that. In addition to that, we've got a, a children and, and young people's officer. That, that individual goes and works in school and works with play a sport alongside their peers. So we do that. So there's a real mix of, of how, how we would do it, depending on the ages and depending on how, how people have become visually impaired. Awesome. No, that's so cool to hear about the different levels and things, because that was something that I noticed on the website and um, social media, like what you're saying is that it is all levels, like there's goalball for any kind of person at any kind of age or anything, um, and any experience really, like people yeah. age could jump in. So our, our, yeah, our domestic, uh, we are introducing, one of our plans is to introduce a junior, a junior competition. Uh, that will happen hopefully within the next 24 months. It would have been sooner, but the pandemic's paused us a little bit. Uh, we have a novice section and we have mixed gender within there, within all of our competitions domestically. At Paralympic level, it's played the men's competition and the women's, but all ours are mixed. So we have a novice competition. And so that's a nice start to the game or sometimes for the younger players. But in addition to that, people who are coming towards the end of their careers, they choose to play in the novice. We have an intermediate, which we like to say is probably the core of our sport and where the most of the people play and where people who are developing on a pathway, that's where they aspire to become to initially. And then we have an elite competition and that's ever increasing and ever growing. And that's that's where a lot of our Great Britain players play and our emerging talent players. Uh, so the youth players who are representing Great Britain play as well. And we have in the past had people from overseas coming as well. So it's, again, it's a real strong competition across the entire UK. Definitely, definitely. I, I think now, I guess I have some broader goalball questions for you. Um, so you've spoken about all the different levels of goalball and how exciting it is, but how would you describe a goalball match to someone who's never seen it before? Like, what would you tell them to expect? It's exhilarating. In some ways, there's a close parallel although it's completely different to tennis in that when a game of tennis is on, everybody is quiet. And then in between points, people will make a noise and people will cheer. It's very much in terms of that as well. When we're talking about international, the men's game is very high paced. These guys throwing the ball at 40 to 50 miles an hour, often, yeah, unbelievable speeds and also bouncing this ball. So that I mentioned that the ball was a basketball. It's not inflated. So it's like a light medicine ball, but they're bouncing it almost to five feet tall sometimes. So, which is really quite impressive. And you see the people playing the spot beforehand and they may have canes to help them walk around. Uh, some people will have guide dogs to help them walk around. And then they 
get onto the court and it's like they can see in terms of they use the lines to help themselves, the way that they can track the ball. It's almost like you're watching the game and the people can see with their eyes. And it's just you have to take a step back and remember that they can't. It's unfortunate that it doesn't get the amount of spectators that it probably truly deserves. And that's partly because it doesn't have a derivative. Uh, or it's not a derivative of another sport, rather. But what you can see, the, high, the highest level is just amazing. But then you think about what is the sport like at the lower levels. And again, it's equally exciting to see somebody who's been inactive for all their life and they're now playing a sport and the smiles on their faces is, is equally awe-inspiring. Definitely. I can tell how much you like watching it from hearing you describe it. <laughs> okay, I, I feel as if I've got the best job in the UK, certainly within sport. So I, I feel very honoured. And I said it within my first three months at Goldball UK in 2017. If you, somebody once said to me, if you find a job you love, you don't go to work anymore. And that's certainly how I feel within my, my role at the moment. I feel very privileged to be working with a group of wonderful people. That's awesome. You you read my mind. My next question for you was, what's your favorite thing about being at Goalball UK? <laughs> But I think you've already answered that one. It's it, yeah. There are many there are many things, and, and it, it's probably a cop out. But the team, the executive team that I work with, are wonderful. We've got a board of directors that I work with. I've got a meeting with them tomorrow. Uh, they're they're all volunteers, uh, and they're they're wonderful. Uh, I've been involved in boards in the past, boards of directors, and. They come with their own genders and they, they want to improve their other substantive roles. Everybody on that board is very much around. We want to help Goalball get bigger and get better as, as it's been coined by one of our members of staff. We Everybody wants to do that. Then you look at the players and they're wonderful as well. Uh, some of the stories and the resilience that, that they have to get to where they are and, and how they are inspiring to us. Uh, then you look at the, the workforce that we have or the volunteers that come along, referees aged from 15 all the way up to 70 years old, giving up their weekends to blow a whistle and make sure that the games can happen in a safe, fair way. And then the coaches that we have as well. So it, it, it's the whole thing. It's a whole package and it would be really unfair to unpick and think that's one thing. But if there was a gun to my head and it was said, it would be the team that I work with because they are all really, really committed uh, in, in what we're doing and, and how we're trying to transform our lives of people who are blind and partially sighted. I love it. That's so cool. I'm getting more excited about Goalball listening to you talk about it. <laughs> But um, cool, I guess kind of last series of questions here for you, um, talking about Goalball's growth. Um, where, how do you see it growing in the future, I guess, and what kinds of projects and things are you all working on? You already mentioned the youth league that you're working on, but um, what yeah. else is coming up? So we've got a few different projects and I, I'm, I'm probably getting in trouble for forgetting one of them. Uh, we mentioned the children and young people that we're working on. They, they've been coming together during the lockdown uh, remotely using Zoom, which has been really good. We're planning on their first meet in July, which is a, a really, ex really exciting for us. Uh, similar to that, we've got slightly older young people who've been uh, doing very similar and they're, they're again meeting in end of July, August. So that's a group of people that are almost on the talent pathway and we're teaching them to be goalball players because you and I may well have played sport from six, seven years old and come through a pathway within a community sport. Very often our people haven't. 
So therefore we have to equip them with the right skills. So we equip them with nutrition skills, strength and conditioning skills, also some sports psych in order to help to prepare for a game. So we try and re re replace all of that lost learning within the community sport. That's exciting. We're also, I mentioned that we're, we're trying to introduce a, a junior league, a junior competition. We also want to introduce a women's only competition because we're aware that some communities, uh, the females within within them communities might not want to come and play mixed gender. So therefore we're, we're opening up that opportunity as well. That's really quite exciting. Uh, in addition to that, in September, we launch our new competition structure, which is a slight, slight change in where we're going because the sport's growing. We're having to devolve, devolve some of the responsibility to clubs, which again is, is, is really quite cool. And then we've got for the first time since 2012, uh, government support for our Great Britain teams uh, that that started in April so we're actually planning now our, our qualification process towards Paris with the hope of getting two teams to Paris in a nutshell that's what we're up to <laughs> that's what I was gonna say <laughs> just all of these millions of things and it's happening right it's going yeah. and it's because I've got we've got committed staff so yeah, yeah. Dominic yeah. Cummins a, a government advisor said that uh, yesterday that the government were donkeys leading lions and sometimes I feel like a donkey leading lions because the staff that I work with are so committed and so skilled so and I just bumble my way along just talking a lot. <laughs> I love it I love that comparison I've never heard that before. <laughs> no I haven't either but it resonated. <laughs> yeah for sure for sure well I'll be number one fan of your women's team I'm so excited about that that sounds super fun and I think yeah. that with the growth of women's sport just kind of around the world, you know, in the last year we've seen um, a lot of growth. I think that'll be super cool to watch from across across the sea. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Let's see. Um, just last question for you. I end all of my shows on advice. So what is one piece of advice, or if you have more than one, I'll take it, I promise, um, that you would give to your younger self? Take opportunities would be the one piece of advice. Take opportunities that spring up and really work at them don't just dip your finger and be really committed to what's there that that would be my my advice i had <laughs> within my sporting career i had many opportunities uh, of different things as you have as a young person probably meant i didn't commit as much as i could have done to them them opportunities and i yeah old me looks back at young me and would say get your head down and take them opportunities be really committed to them and then you will get the most out of them and not have them regrets. And sometimes I do with them because sometimes I would do things and turn up to them, but not always be as well prepared as I could have been. That's great advice. I bet younger Mark would appreciate it. I love it. He wouldn't have listened. <laughs> you know him better than I do. <laughs> Awesome. Well, this was amazing. Thank you so much for giving me some of your time and telling us all about Goalball. This will be an awesome start to our series. And thank you so much. Lovely. And I hope you enjoy the speaking to the rest of our Goalball family. Mark, thank you so much for coming on the show to give us more background on Goalball UK and sharing your story. Tune in on Thursday to hear from Naki Rizvi on his story in Goalball and how he serves as an ambassador for Goalball UK.